Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Selwyn. We're back and I first would like to acknowledge uh, my listeners and say thank you for your continued support and encouragement for this podcast. Uh, Since the last time uh, we connected, my wife and I have been on a journey of planting a new ministry called The Well Church in Piscataway, New Jersey, and God's really been blessing it. And as I'm sure you can imagine, a lot of effort has been going into building the ministry. And uh, also, this podcast has found a new home on Cell Joy Radio, which is another extension of our ministry that's under development as well. So I appreciate your patience, your prayers, and, and your prompting to, to pick things up again with uh, CWS. And I have with me this morning a special guest who is no stranger to this podcast. As a matter of fact, he was my very first guest. And I'm excited to invite back um, to this conversation Pastor Heston Williams from Purpose Life Church. Thank you so much for being with us again, Pastor. How you doing? Oh, thank I'm doing good. Thank you for having me once again. Uh, God bless you, family. It's so great to be able to connect with you all uh, today. And um, I'm looking forward to this conversation with Selwyn. Awesome. And um, I just want to remark how we've come full circle. Um, the last time we had a chance to talk, um, we spoke on the topic of reset. You remember that? I do. I do. And uh, Reset was uh, an initiative that God had placed on your heart for your congregation, and it ministered so much to to us and to everyone that listened to the podcast, and it really invited us to take some time to recalibrate, reset, to rest in God um, from our usual activities, weekly activities, those of us who are involved in ministry, it can be very taxing. And um, many people suffer burnout because they don't take time to rest and reset. And um, we are now at another juncture where (laughs) the season has shifted and we're forced to not only reset, but we're also recalibrating. <laughs> and um, our, our, our subtopic for today is redigging wells, redigging wells. And um, I just wanted to, to ask, you know, from your vantage point, you're in Brooklyn, New York. How are things out there? Um, what's the climate for the church, for your particular church, and how are how are you responding to the the present pandemic? Wow, it definitely is interesting that we are full circle where we began our conversation some years back with the topic of reset. I almost feel like as a as a globe, as society, we are in uh, a physical reset as well, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, as we are going through some things that we just never fully anticipated. Um, No one could have told me uh, a month or two ago. 
hey, we're going to be experiencing a pandemic that's going to shift the culture of church and gatherings and meetings. Um, And so I think we are just deer in headlights. When did this happen? Um, And so there is this, this, uh, maybe this dichotomy between opportunity and the reality of pain, right? So there is this restriction and there's these scary things and there's people that are passing um there's some really bad things that are happening um yet when we look at the other side of the spectrum this this shift this crisis has created a pocket of opportunity for us to rethink um, how we've been doing even church to, to rethink how we do family. Right. Um, and so there's this beautiful thing that I believe is developing out of, I didn't see this coming, but it's here, so you gotta do something about it. Yeah. Um, and for our church, you know, we are having to turn on what is called a dime. So having to reimagine the way how we do church, the way how we communicate with our community, uh, we've had to rethink some things and redig some methodologies that may have been part of our early um, early traditions or early culture. Um, the, the the connectivity that was necessary in, in the beginning, we've had to go back per se or reclaim some of those wonderful virtues. Um, so this, I do believe that we're in a season of, well, let's throw out, um, and maybe throw out is not the right word, but let's discard some of the ways that we thought church could only be, and let's kind of get back to the purity of it. I couldn't agree more. And, um, in many ways we've been stripped down to, Um, some of the bare necessities or the foundational principles of um, how the early church started. And uh, I love what you said about rethinking, redigging, and just tapping into today's subtopic. Tell us, from your perspective, um, what does it mean to redig? Um, where where is that coming from? Where's that concept of redigging coming from? Okay. Well, the theological connection for me is written and read in Genesis chapter twelve. Uh, you know, here we have Isaac who was given an inherited promise. So the promise was given to his father, and now Isaac is inheriting that promise that promise of prosperity that promise of um, a great number of descendants and in fact the chapter opens um i I believe as he is reaffirmed to say say that you know the promise i made for your father (laughs) i'm giving it to you as well um but in, in this particular passage we can see that there was there was a famine um and Isaac was given some instructions on what to do in the famine. It, it seemed countercultural. It didn't seem to make sense. Um, why would you remain 
in this particular area where there's a famine happening. Um, yet, you know, I, I do believe that when we get clear directions and directives from the Father, it, it may not make sense in the human mindset, but I can tell you that you you better believe you can bank it. You can go to the bank with it because there's a guarantee attached to it. Um, but in, in, in the same passage, um, we see Isaac now redigging um, his father's wells. So the time when his father was uh, alive and they had flocks and sheep. And of course, wells are a place where there is um, the opportunity to refuel and to refresh and to feed flock. And whenever I think about flock, I think about the church. And I think about the shepherd, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a pastor priest or someone else that is uh, maybe called to lead a specific flock, that um, the water that is underneath the ground, they didn't create the water. They didn't put it there. But they are positioned to say, well, the sheep or the body needs to have replenishment and, and fuel. And so my responsibility is to make sure that I lead them into pastures, into places where they can find the cross. Um, so there's some interesting that happens in this passage as um, Isaac goes, he redigs so well, mm -hmm. his daddy's well, the, the culture, the traditions, he, you know, these wonderful things that he has seen and learned growing up. Uh, and then the Philistines come and they put dirt on the well. So they they argue over it. They say, no, this is ours. Um, and there's this conflict that happens and they stop up the well. Um, Isaac moves to another place. He redigs another well. And, and, you know, giving the same name that his father gave to the wells. But they came to a point where Isaac realized... I can't just keep redigging old wells. I also have to dig new ones. Uh, there's this thing that I see happening, uh, even in this text, that is so relevant to, to today's times. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that God is really asking us to uh, redig some things that were old, um, honor the culture, honor the foundation, honor the traditions of the past. Yeah. But it's necessary to also now dig new wells. Um, remember that there are some new methodologies on how you need to access the source that is beneath. And um, it's this beautiful picture of, it's almost I can see it. On one side, you see Abram's well. But on the other side, you see a brand new well that Isaac dug for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's really good. Um, so, do you see uh, a shift in terms of the church realizing its foundations again, perhaps tapping into um, a deeper sense of its own identity? I mean, there's been this reawakening of this concept where we're not just a set of believers who go to church. 
but we are the church. And from that standpoint, um, um, it's, it's helped us realize, hey, I may not be able to physically go to my church location as I used to in order to connect with God, but um, it's a realization of, of what Paul said. He said, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that you have the ability to tap in to a source of living water, much like a well. Um, tap into the living water that is resident in you. And um, I don't know if you've, if you've sensed that, that reconnection with our true identity um, in that we are the church. Can you speak to that? That probably has been one of the things that constantly has been echoing throughout the cabin of today's time. Um, it's this realization that the structure isn't the church. Uh, the structure, of, of course, does some amazing things. It lends itself for some um, wonderful gatherings Yet, what this pandemic has forced us into re-realizing, I wish that was a word, but it's not, but I'm going to take it as my own, but it's almost reminding us that the true essence of us gathering isn't about being under one roof. Yeah. I know that there's power in the community of coming together, and I still think that the intent for God is for us to gather, but it doesn't have to be in the masses only that we, maybe historically, um, have kind of attached ourselves to and feel like, well, God can only move in a 20,000-person arena. Okay, that's when God can move. And it's interesting how scripture doesn't say whether two or three thousand are gathered in my midst. <laughs> right. He he goes down to what would seem this minimalistic number, whether two or three are gathered. Or one can chase a thousand, and two shall put ten thousand to flight. So I, I would say speaking for us, and I can't speak for every community of faith, but it has invigorated us into empowering the body and the individuals that make up the body to be the church. And I love that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for breaking that down for us. And um, I'm also noticing um, a shift from uh, the culture of using the church as a refilling station. Um, not too long ago, I shared a word with our church at the well, and um, it was based on a word taken from Jeremiah chapter 2, um, the 13th verse, and God ha was making a complaint about how his children had forsaken him who is the fountain of living waters. Okay. 
and they had crafted for themselves cisterns or vessels. And they were broken vessels in that they could hold no water. And for me, it spoke to the common practice of coming to church with the mindset of being refilled, restocked up, um, only to be emptied out during the week (laughs) and kind of drained of whatever we've received and um, not really um, tapping into an endless source of strength, an endless source of peace, an endless source of uh, joy um, and power that we could be tapping into on a daily basis. But I think the mindset of a lot of believers is, you know, if I can only just get to church, everything would be all right. And um, there's a shift now to where we're forced to rethink that. We're forced to rethink um, where we get our fill-ups. And uh, we can't even depend on all of our live streams anymore. (laughs) There comes a time where we need to kind of close our eyes or shut things down or unplug and really tap in, tap into into our relationship with God and draw from there. Um, I think it's definitely a season for people to hear God more clearly, hear him more clearly. And um, I think for many of our churches, we've heard the voices of our leaders. And I think that's that's wonderful. Um, we don't want those voices to be silent. Um, we need those voices, especially in this time, but um, not as a substitute for what God is saying to each individual, each believer. Um, as much as we we love our, our leaders, our shepherds, our pastors, our bishops, um, there's certain things that God wants to say to us on an individual level on a personal level, um, to give us guidance, to show us our place in the kingdom. If we are the church, then certainly there is uh, a mandate upon us, not just the leadership, but all of us as believers to play a role in in what God is doing in this end time. We, we must recognize that we are at a critical time in biblical history. I believe we're already in the book of Revelations. A lot of the things that we're seeing right now are evidence that we have shifted into a new season for the church, and we need to know how to be ready, know how to tap into him, um, not functioning off of last year's uh, revelation or functioning off of last week's um, encounter, but having a daily, a daily flow with God, having a daily experience with him. Um, Can you speak to where you sense things are going for you, going for um, the church that you pastor, or perhaps 
where things are going for the church at large. One thing I shared with someone recently is that we are not going back. So there is no reverse (laughs) gear where it feels like, well, once we get over this crisis and once this pandemic is more manageable, let's go back to what we were doing. I I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think also that thinking may be somewhat dangerous because if we want to go back, then that means we miss out on the revelation of what's ahead. Um, And one of the things that you said towards the end of what you were sharing is about this need for daily replenishment daily renewal and it almost is like when the people of israel they were in the wilderness and there was this tendency to well let me grab as much as i can Mm -hmm. so i could hold it for a few more days (laughs) Uh, yeah the manna Mm -hmm. so here, here it was there was every morning there was this blessing this miracle that appeared as dew on the earth. And, and this miracle was referred to as manna. It was these it was essentially bread or flakes that they would pick up and they would use to make some things. Um, and the instructions were that God gave them, take only enough for that day. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first day, people were like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can do this again or if this will happen again. So uh, let let me try to grab as much as I can to sustain me and my family for this next week. Yeah. Um, So it almost sounds like our Sunday experience. So you let me shout as loud as I can on this Sunday Mm -hmm. um, so that it can last me the entire week until when I'm back. It also sounds like what's happening in the stores. There's been a run on the on the supermarkets. Everybody's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get everything off the shelves. Yeah. So I, I, I think maybe it's part of our our humanity that as much as we have a reliance on something that never runs dry, there is always this fear that it won't be there tomorrow or I can't tap into God's presence by myself. Mm. Um, So I have to get everything I can at this moment. Right. Scripture says, why worry about tomorrow? Let tomorrow worry about itself. Itself, Today has enough problems. Mm I like the direction that I believe the global church is moving towards. And it's a direction of of being somewhat more of a hybrid than what it was before. Yes. So it's a concept that I, and I do believe that the large weekly gatherings is important. I think it's powerful. I think there's some things that happen naturally through us coming together. I think power is generated on the earth when 
there is united praise. I believe that you could walk into a room where everyone is with one mind and miracles happen. Yeah. Uh, so I look forward to that. But what this has encouraged us to do in these times is don't let that be the only source. Yeah. Or rather, don't let that be the only well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this beautiful thing that happened um, in the same passage I referred to before. Uh, it got to the point where Isaac was having conversations and he was speaking with you know, Abimelech and they were discussing some things. And as they were discussing and they came to this sort of uh, agreement, the servants run in and say, guess what, Isaac? We found another well. Um, <laughs> so it was when the servants or when the people when they begin to dig on their own <laughs> yeah. without the instruction of the leader. Yeah. Uh, and when they can say, look, um, I prayed for someone this week and they got healed. Mm -hmm. uh, say, look, you know, we, we got together over um, our, our lunch break and we had a Bible study. And, you know, my boss came by and, you know, he started sharing and he gave his heart to the Lord. I, I, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we found another well. Yeah. And so that to me is the direction of the next season of the church mm -hmm. is where we continue to dig, but we are saying, let's gather but let's release. Yes. Gather, release. Mm -hmm. Gather, release. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's in the gathering, it'll be less about just the testimony or the word of one person. It would be the testimonies of those who have been released. Right. I think you're speaking to the empowerment of the team. Um, many of us have, who are pastors, we have a ministry team and um, many times they are assisting us in what we have to do and say, but God has deposited his word and his power in them also. And um, I think what you're speaking to is, is uh, allowing them to discover the power of God and the authority that God has placed in them to also dig and experience uh, the result of their faith and them honoring God and hearing God as well. This is powerful. Um, if anything we've learned from this conversation and the times that we're living in is that um, you rightly said, we cannot go back. It's all about forward motion and what that means. Um, rethinking church and I, I really appreciate this conversation, and we're going to have more on this topic of rethinking church. And uh, folks, I hope you can continue to connect with us on this podcast. Um, definitely connect with Pastor Heston and the Purpose Life Church in Brooklyn, New York. 
Um, Pastor, just give us some information about your ministry, where they can find your live streams, how they can connect with you online. Well, I would say that the central hub for all things Purpose Life uh, is PurposeLifeChurch.com. Also, if you download the app from the App Store, uh, just search the name Purpose Life. And it has become more of a hub, uh, even more than our physical structure at this time. It is the address that um, is not quarantined at the moment. So uh, (laughs) I I would encourage you to visit us, check us out, and be part of the conversations that are happening and that are being fanned, um, you know, even even in this online space as well. So uh, I appreciate you, Selwyn, for just allowing me to share and be part of this amazing conversation. And for all the listeners, uh, uh, once again, I, I pray that you will be encouraged, inspired um, as well as you continue to discover and live your life on purpose. Awesome. Thanks again for tuning in for this episode of CWS. We will have more for you. Stay tuned. Keep it locked. God bless. Stay encouraged. Stay safe and be well. Conversations with Selwyn.